This week, I chat with my good friends, Joey, Thuta and Mohammed. I met these three a couple of years ago, and at the time, we were all starting our own social enterprises. Joey and Thuta are the founders of Leho, a brand that supports homelessness, and so far they have donated over 6,500 essential items to those in need. Mohammed is the co-founder of Ramadan Legacy, an award-winning education organization that has a mission to create learning experiences that empower people for the month of Ramadan. In this episode, we discuss their journey so far, social enterprises, and mental health working in startups. Thank you so much, guys, for, for joining me. Good to have you on. No, it's good to kind yeah. of continue the combat. I feel like last time we were all like itching to say something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, well, yeah, like that 40 minutes or hour or whatever it was. Yeah, like, it was Zoom really last time. So yeah. this is part two. Part two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good to chat to you guys. Um, wanted to talk to you today about social enterprises um and about obviously mental health within startups like we all work in startups so i thought it'd be like quite a cool topic um you know we don't i I feel like it's not really talked about that you know working in a startup can be hard um obviously and i feel like the mental health aspect is isn't really touched on so um yeah it'd be good to good to chat about that so first things first then so I'm going to talk about what you guys do in the intro so that's all sorted but what inspired you guys to start the organizations that you guys run yeah i'll start um line up line up <laughs> um so yeah i don't know i feel like for me anything that i've started in the past has always been in kind of two different there were two different like purposes I guess one was Mm -hmm. to make people feel better about themselves by I guess purchasing things that had meaning so whether you were doing something for someone else or you were helping someone in need just like buying better if that makes sense um and and then another thing was also there are so many like social issues going on around the world and environmental you know and it's just about being able to just I guess, contribute towards it because otherwise, you know, I think we previously mentioned this, but if the government's not doing it, then, you know, I feel like it's a bit of everyone, brands, Mm -hmm. community, society, Mm -hmm. government, like everyone has a chip in. It's not just one organization. So for me, it was more that, you know, I wanted to be part of that change and to also inspire other brands and future brands as well to do good, I guess. Mm. I just wanted yeah um Futa do you want to mention from you from what your angle was like it'll be great uh, to hear as well but, mm. yeah sure I mean um I guess it's pretty similar to Joey's as well I feel like you know that's part of the reason why we decided to work together um we you know we knew each other in in our masters we were in the exact same course but then we didn't really like bond until you know we were both in this startup seminar and then we realized that you know we, we both want to start something with purpose together um yeah so yeah it was just kind of like really great timing and also um yeah just stars aligned I guess so but also for me in terms of like homelessness because that's what we do um I always wanted to do like 
something more. Um, you know, you walk down the streets and then you always pass by people um, and you want to help, and but you don't know exactly how to help. And um, I've always, like, of course you can buy them some food, give them some change, whatever you want, but it's always a one-time thing. So when we kind of came across the fact that, you know, socks are like huge need and, you know, we already had this like idea to do something with socks. So we thought like, it was like a no brainer to kind of like start that as a business and kind of grow it in a more sustainable way for customers, consumers, and also for, you know, the communities in need. So that's kind of, yeah, our drive. (laughs) It's so cool as well. Like watching you guys grow. I remember we met a couple of years ago, didn't we? And I'm pretty sure it was a concept then, wasn't it? Like, Oh, oh, had you just launched? No, No, I think it was yeah, yeah, sentimental still... socks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I till this day think it's such a cool name. Um, yeah, I know we were gentlemental <laughs> socks. We were socks to raise awareness for men suffering from mental health. I think mental yeah. health has always been something that I wanted to work on, but mm-hmm. two ladies tackling a male issue isn't exactly the most ideal. Um, <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> duo. Yeah, it was so hard. yeah, it was it was a hard <laughs> one to kind topic. of start, and then yeah, we mm-hmm. pivoted one could say mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a more broad yeah yeah and you guys are making moves now like yeah, making moves waves yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> the, stuff you're, yeah, the stuff you're doing is awesome like the Thank amount you. you've been able to give back um and like the days that you do and you just go out and and mm-hmm. do your donation days i think that's mm-hmm. amazing it really reminds me of if you guys read the book um oh, i can't remember what the name of it is now but it's by the founder of tom's have you read that Oh my god, I literally uh, have it sitting there. What's something that matters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's literally. It really <laughs> <me>. <laughs> um, I haven't yeah. read it yet, but it's been sat mm. by my bedside for like great the longest great time. Read. Yeah, he, t- he talks about like how, you know, the biggest thing from running all the brand was the days when he got to go and deliver the shoes. Like that was yeah. like mm. his reward, you know, uh, way. Yeah is way bigger than any kind of money he ever made sort of thing so yeah it just really reminded me of that when you guys go out and do all that cool stuff like when we met i had a completely different like you know purpose i had, had this 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 is the, the remnants of my social enterprise which is essentially <laughs> essentially a watch brand um the profits of which would oh, go yeah, to microfinance yeah. if you guys remember yeah so, so yeah i pivoted away from that what rather i just not, not pivot just completely like put put that on the side to be honest and then mm. like sold my my um my stock to a mate um and the reason why it's kind of like a different it, it was it wasn't I was, was a lot of naivety about like marketing not having enough budget all that kind of stuff and then, then I joined I think another topic we can talk about potentially is like the importance of having a co-founder because <laughs> mm. um, mm-hmm. as a solo founder I just found it bloody hard to like you know just you know try to day in day out just try to be you know boost myself up yeah. and give you know oh, it's just difficult so so yeah I was lucky enough to find a mate uh join his startup right rather than be like yeah this is my baby uh, I'm gonna go and you know help another uh person start up take it to the next level and that was um Ramadan Legacy which was, was uh started off as an app but then yeah, um, amazing. we yeah like in 2015 2016 i joined yeah so that was um mm-hmm. and we pivoted away from an app to like you know physical journals and products and stuff like that uh so mm-hmm. so when you asked that question um byron in the beginning about uh, social enterprise and mental health and i look at it in two ways so i'm i'm, I'm a yeah i've got i'm a co-founder but i'm also now 
in a position where I'm like at you know at an incubator was in the incubator previously social mm-hmm. enterprises and I see like ideas turning into products and, and and you know just the journey itself it's like you just realize it all goes back to like your resilience it goes back to like you as a founder you taking care of yourself and I think it's so so important it reminds me of what you were saying um last time we met up as well about the importance of that like always having a community around you people around you that to, that support you that's such an you know essential element when you're on this journey as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. mm, definitely. yeah definitely definitely yeah i can't agree more with that i think uh startups can certainly be quite lonely at times can't they if if you know if you're sort of definitely doing it on your own and, and that kind of thing so community is more important than ever before and um yeah speaking of community actually so both of your organizations are very community focused, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. So what have you found has sort of been the best way to really like grow your community and engage your community, especially after like the year that we've had, like, especially with, you know, COVID last year, like, mm. you know, what what sort of challenges did you have with that as well? I think like being the person, so obviously like you have your brand, right? And I feel like a lot of people, I guess, communicate with their community as a brand, but I think communicating with them as like a person is so important because it's almost like just responding to every comment or replying to every DM or emails and stuff. It's just really keeping that relationship. And at the beginning, your biggest cheerleaders are the ones that are going to be cheerleading you on throughout, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to be like, spreading word of mouth and kind of introducing to your friends and stuff and the ones that we've our biggest cheerleaders have literally been like fans of Leho from the start which is so nice to see and you know Mm -hmm. then they've bought for like other friends and family and stuff and then introduced so I think you know really being a person behind your brand is like so important and being able to connect with them on that like level otherwise if you're just a brand being like thank you for your inquiry like you know we'll respond in three days it's like there's no human yeah, kind yeah. of connection there. But if you're yeah. like, you know, if they comment and then you reply with like a funny emoji or I don't know, a joke or whatever, then mm-hmm. there is that kind of human connection. And I think that's mm-hmm. like so important. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I feel like you guys do that so well as well. Like you're, I think from a brand perspective, when building a brand tone of voice is so important and you guys have have that nailed. And I think it's purely because it is literally like talking to you guys, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that's like super important, um, especially mm-hmm. given like the type of business that it is. Um, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah. And I think another yeah. another aspect like of valuing your, your followers is like just is this what you what you call them, right? Like what you call them, your, your family or community or whatnot but also like co-designing with them as much as possible. I think that's one thing mm-hmm. um, that yeah. I learned from um, community um, experts and stuff in the, in the space. They talk about um, making sure that all your products, like, that, like your, your, your customers have some sort of involvement um, in yeah. that, some sort of a say, like into, it could be like as, as uh, superficial as like colors, but that just makes them feel valued. Like you're listening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cards Against Humanity, right? they um if you look on their website if you scroll down there's a section that goes like like tell us like what what stupid ideas you've got and i thought that was mm. that was an incredible idea whereby you're not only are you you almost outsourcing your product the development yeah. but you're making you're making yeah. you're empowering your your followers and your customers as well um mm-hmm. so they can be like yeah that, that was my idea in that next deck of cards yeah. and i feel yeah. like we can all do that in a very 
like incremental like different like you just change your your product development a little bit and and just tweak it so that people feel like you know they're, they're being heard um and there's so many things you can do in that space but that's a little teaser <laughs> yeah definitely i feel like yeah let, helping them i guess feel listened we did this like competition where we got customers we had like no idea what to name our bags so we're like we'll just run a competition whoever can name it gets a free bag or whatever so i think like that community involvement is so important and people love like being part of that journey so yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I guess us as founders, when you're working on something 24-7, it's like you eventually get stuck. <laughs> and so it's really nice to be able to talk to your community about it as well. And it's like a mutual kind of feeling, like we're helping them, they're helping us kind of thing. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they probably feel just so much more engaged and feel a part of it, don't they? By, by mm -hmm. yeah, going along that journey with you guys as well. There's yeah, one idea. So there's one idea I wanted to like, share with you guys like we're in, we're in a safe space or like one idea we're toying with right <laughs> yeah. um so you see like with customer development right he, um guy called justin wilcox so, uh, he's an absolute legend it, it's what he does for, for like a hobby it's like customer development like uh, doing interviews and stuff every year like we do a bit of that like you know calling calling people that would like to and give them like a like a voucher or something like that but we thought this time why not package that as like literally an open space for you to chat to somebody um and be like what are your what are your frustrations in your in your day-to-day -day life walk me through your day and what are the things that are like frustrate you what are the what are those pain points so that way in a way you're you're creating you're creating like a, a service for them but but in a way that's that's your that, that ties into your your product um development so yeah that, that ties into mm -hmm. like our development of like what's the next product that we want to go down is it like a like a like a struggle box we were thinking of doing like a, like a emotional first aid kit so th these are some of the ideas that were purely um you know dr customer driven through like little interviews and little like chats and like co coaching sessions and stuff like that so so yeah there's so much that you can do um with customers yeah, and put them in the center yeah that's awesome i feel like in a way as well it's almost like the more creative you can get with it the better because yeah. mm. there's there's like a lot of brands that do certain things isn't there and like you're saying Mohammed, about like mm. yeah if you can kind of like think outside the box do different things engage them in different ways um yeah that's certainly yeah yeah that sounds awesome sounds good um and and so going back to last year then and i mean we're still kind of in it now aren't we really we're kind of <laughs> starting to get out of it but <laughs> yeah. not really um yeah. like how, how has that been for you guys um you know how has it been running your your enterprises during a pandemic um yeah with everything that happened can i just say it i was we were just scared shitless mm. right when 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 covid hit we were thinking oh shit our warehouses are gonna shut down so we, we were well luckily we just made the shift from one warehouse which um which actually shut down to another one just before like the first lockdown uh, and the this this warehouse was fully operational throughout covid so because they they do like nhs like medical supplies and stuff like that and our initial thing was like, oh we're not going to sell our stock this this year um and it's like no, nobody's nobody gives a damn about like purchasing online but then what happened people got used to it so that initial kind of like fight or flight like well i'm just concerned about going to aldi and and and, and you know purchasing all the toilet rolls possible uh, <laughs> that was the initial like like knee-jerk reaction but then later on like give it a week or two people just realize mm -hmm. okay this is a new norm 
Now let me just calmly go online and search Loho. Let me search Grey Matter. Let me search Ramadan Legacy. You know what I mean? Like slowly, slowly people started. And then we realized, oh, wow, this is actually taken off e-commerce. There was a boom in e-commerce during that during this lockdown, right? So so yeah, it was it was a surprise initially. We were like, oh, you know what? Scrap scratch it. Let's just let's just pivot our entire messaging and then be like, what you know, do do something that would serve our our followers. But then they ended up it ended up being one of our best years. Yeah, yeah. No, same. I think. Yeah, okay, I think. Yeah. You would think like, oh my god, the pandemic would probably put a lot of. I mean, it does with a lot of small businesses, and I think that's more like businesses that might be like physical shops and stuff. But mm-hmm. e-commerce definitely boomed at that time. Mm-hmm. Gift boxes. Wow, honestly, like the amount of gift box or subscription box companies that launched then was like ridiculous. I think we were getting so many emails being like, we're starting this, do you want to be part of it? But it was just, you know, I think, yeah, e-commerce will definitely continue to grow. And I think for us, we based our first year, and actually last year was probably accounted as our first year, but we based every kind of decision we made around social impact. So we were like, how can we make more impact? And I think the pandemic really put us in that place where we could really make change. So Mm -hmm. I think it was, the second month of lockdown or like the first month we converted our socks into meals because a lot of vulnerable families couldn't afford Mm. meals and they were staying in and a lot of children as well so we bought them like coloring books and stuff so it worked in our favor in terms of being able to kind of grow our impact Mm. um and then eventually during the summer we launched like uh this like water bottle campaign because a lot of uh, refillable water tanks and public places were shut so people sleeping on the street couldn't have couldn't get access to filling up their water bottles or just mm. getting water so then we handed out loads of like box carton water and you know that also made a huge impact so yeah, I, I think in that. terms of the yeah the impact side it went really well for us mm. um yeah we we worked so much harder for our last year I guess with the pandemic obviously it was super stressful but I think it was just, yeah, I, I feel like we just had to knuckle down and mm-hmm. get on with it. I think it was yeah. post, like, as soon as things started to lift, then I think that's when it kind of hit a little bit. Can, right, can okay. ask, do, yeah. do, you guys, do you guys think this, this, like, shared sense of community that we had, right, like, you know, your, 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 your neighbour coming out with pans during, like, 8 o'clock from NHS, like, like giving yeah. and all, all that kind of stuff, do, do you reckon do you feel that's going to die down now like you see how like lots of social enterprises became even more social and like you know impact reports became you know instead of one page like five pages do, do you think like in your heart of hearts do you feel it, i don't know if it's just me but i have a fear like it's gonna it may subside or do you reckon this is the new normal where we are now focused on like community we're, we're focused on helping each other what are your what are you guys thoughts on that Mm. yeah and really interesting I think like I hope at least and I think a lot of people now are so aware of the social issues environmental issues like Mm. we're moving Mm. towards a very activist generation you know so everyone's Mm. kind of I think you know shopping a little more consciously or thinking about things you know like about plastic bottles or single-use plastic and stuff I think it is Mm. in the back of people's mind whether or not they do it it's a different story but I think we're so educated now as a generation through social media about all these issues so I think hopefully it will start leading more towards people caring a little bit more about their purchases or their footprint and who they're helping yeah. but I don't know I feel like yeah it's quite a sorry. tricky one. Oh, sorry um <laughs> but I think um well I can see it in like different uh, perspectives but you know being in lockdown as well like for the first couple months I lived alone 
with my cat, <laughs> but I mainly just lived alone. Um, and I didn't, I literally didn't see anyone um, for like maybe two full months, um, just, you know, through Zoom calls and stuff like that. So it's, I really missed human interaction. And I think through that people, you know, I'm not alone. People probably have learned to kind of appreciate, you know, um, the society, just friends, you know, a lot more. And I think, um, yeah, I'm hopeful that we'll be um, more, I guess, like appreciative of like the people around us and also um, be a lot more caring because we mm. know how it, <clears throat> excuse me, we know how it feels to be alone and, you know, locked in the in a room so um but also on that note kind of like coming back to the community aspect i wanted to point out that you know throughout the pandemic we have been offered a lot of help as a business um we've been part of we make change and um we there's been a lot of volunteers that have joined our team to help out with um, like lots of different work that we were not able to do before um so you know and and it's all like done through virtual work. Now people have realized that, you know, we don't have to be physically together to work together. So I think that has been a huge opportunity for us as well. Um, it's obviously the pandemic is a horrible thing, but then now people have realized that, you know, there is no limits to kind of communicating people halfway across the world. Um, and yeah, I think in that sense, like people are reaching out to you a lot more. And um, yeah, that's like a really positive thing, I think. So yeah, yeah, I hope it continues. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah, following what, what these two were saying about how moving forward, I think we're gonna become a lot more like conscious of social interactions, I think, mm. with with how it went. And yeah, like Theta was saying about how like, you know, we kind of miss that social interactions. Like we mm. I was actually speaking um with my team today about how we're going to start running events quite regularly and like in-person events and like that's something that we've never done before and we want to start doing it you know start doing it from from now on once like locked you know once it all eases and everything else purely because like we want that experience like we want that connection we want you know all of that and so I think in two ways, I think it's going to go like both ways. I think, you know, people have now realized they can work from home and they can work remotely mm -hmm. and they can work with a team on the other side of the world and like, you know, and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And, and that's great. But then I also think in a lot of ways, people are going to be a lot more grateful and prioritize kind of like human interaction as well and like basic mm -hmm. human needs. Yeah. And no, I think you, you just realized that, you know, Zoom fatigue is real. <laughs> Zoom fatigue yeah. is real. Oh, how, how many times? <laughs> And it takes so much more energy to establish mm -hmm. that connection. Uh, you know, trying to, you know, grab little things in the background. Oh, that's a very interesting little portrait you've got behind you. Oh, that's a very, like, like little things. You just, you just actually... What are you, you saying about my... Preaching <laughs> <laughs> like, things would be like, yeah, you know. Uh, whereas in person, there's that, yeah, the aura of an individual, just that connection, that ethereal uh, connection mm. that, that we get is, uh, yeah, visceral. Visceral or ethereal, yeah. whatever. Um, you know what it is. It's <laughs> just human. We're just uh, society, yeah, creatures that, yeah. that you know want to bond. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. I think yeah, it's massive. You know, having mm. that, having that like interaction, which yeah, we all kind of like took for granted. I think before, like, because we never thought mm. it was going to be any different. Um, mm. But in some ways, it has massively moved, you know, society forward 
in a big way you know because it's forced people to um i think like there's a lot of big organizations that would have never thought about remote working or anything like that mm. that are now probably gonna offer like remote working half the time you know so because yeah. they've realized yeah. it's really cost effective for their business as well but um yeah no that that's awesome so since starting your businesses um and this is like since you know since concept you know whenever right right from the start to now what has been like the biggest challenges you guys have faced um yeah uh, biggest challenge for me i think was definitely my mental health i mean at the beginning before Mm -hmm. i even started i mean i know this topic is around mental health and i'm not doing this but i think it genuinely was like at the Mm -hmm. beginning i think I didn't really know if you said that well, but my mental health was not great. So I would get days where I'd be like full of energy, full of ideas and be like, yes, let's do this. And then I'd get days where I just completely, I guess, burn out. My mind just, I like have this like dissociation. I don't know if I'm using the right word, but I could literally sit here and stare at a blank wall with like nothing on my mind. And I don't feel like I'm like connected to my body, if that makes sense. Mm. I always feel like outside because my mind is probably so clogged up and so full that when I'm like sitting down it's just like completely blank and I get days where I'm literally like I wouldn't even call it daydreaming because I'm not thinking about anything it's just like a stop motion if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so I think my biggest challenge is being able to balance out like my mental health but alongside running a business which is super busy you know it's like working day and night and then sometimes ideas come at like 11 p.m and I'm like I need to do this um so Mm -hmm. I think and yeah and I think at the very very beginning before starting the business I got a little bit upset because I was like why am I starting a business around mental health if my mental health is not even great Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think I told Theta this as well I'd Mm -hmm. send her like long messages being like so sorry but today if I was being xyz because you know (laughs) I'm just not in my best state of mind and I think it's like we're quite understanding of each other in terms of our Mm -hmm. mental health which is so key because you can get a situation where your co-founder might not like think about it at all and they'd be like you know like grow up or like stop thinking about that or like yeah. be more positive and stuff and it's like I'm trying to be but it's just like my mind's not letting me yeah. um mm. and I think it's also like confidence as well I know I'm like quite loud and confident outside but inside I'm always like mm. you know just very hard on myself um especially yeah, with saying. work so yeah mm. that's really really interesting I was just yeah for a I think I was just um thinking when you mentioned about mental health it's like so many things um that we ought to we, we, we battle with especially social on, uh, uh, entrepreneurs who, who've like put their heart and soul into the idea and they're like this is for human like for, for the betterment of society and humanity yeah. and we're like really um it's, it's not about bottom line for us where it's not about um, revenue it's not about customer acquisition it's not about all these different metrics it's you know we want to you know through social enterprises is a, a vehicle um for greater change and, and when we don't see that happening we're just frustrated oh no like this you know grand grandiose dream that we had is not pa- you know panning out as we as we you know as, as we envisioned and um i think and i'm seeing that a lot like when i was um that year here which is like a social innovation um postgraduate course like we've got people that have you know you know built up insights and to, to the problems they want to tackle and then when they when they go about tackling it and they feel like they're not doing they're not getting anywhere mm-hmm. just it's like, it's like it just reflects they you know the knee-jerk reaction is like there's something wrong with me like i i don't have the capacity or there's something yeah. wrong with but when we shift that slightly to like you know being an objective 
um, almost scientists, right? And running experiments, like that's when like lean startup and these frameworks, I think are really, really helpful and go hand in hand with taking care of yourself. Then, then we, we, we allow ourselves to like lift that blame and burden and then be like, no, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a start, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a, I'm a startup um, scientist almost, right? So I've got mm-hmm. this hypothesis, I'm gonna test it out. And it happens to be, you know, something that is, is for the benefit of society. So I think, yeah, like there's so many things when it comes to imposter syndrome and it, it just pops up because we're really passionate as social uh, entrepreneurs about what we're doing. And we want to mm-hmm. want to be aligned. We want to be, we want to, you know, do what we say. We want to say what we do. We want to be, uh, but then, yeah, then these doubts come in. And the best way I think is, uh, you know, just to be like a scientist with it. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's also quite scary, like, um sharing that part of your life with like friends or family or even like social media I feel like social media is just so detrimental to your mental health I'm always so scared like I think I'll send posts to like five friends and be like should I post this and then I'll post it and then delete it and be like that was too much Um, but now I'm like (laughs) I'm like okay I'm gonna be a bit better and just post it because at the end of the day you know it's what I want to share which Mm -hmm. is part of our business journey that not everything is like rainbows and butterflies you know and I think Mm. not a lot of people share that about businesses which I find so bizarre because every person I speak to that runs a business has the same issues and I'm like but why don't we talk about it (laughs) yeah yeah, people just share their successes which is great obviously but at the same time it's like there are a lot of people who are starting their businesses who might think of all these successes but when they don't get them Mm. then they might you know put themselves down for it or feel like a failure even though even bigger organizations have challenges every single day Mm. my question i've got a question on that it's a really really interesting concept because what do you guys think so let's say like a brand that we rate i don't know patagonia i don't know it could be tom's um or (laughs) or whatnot like if they were to share their like on let's say like ig stories just share like you know the shit's hit, hit the fan today or like something's really you know bad has gone 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 on would you find that I don't know, maybe because we're, we're also entrepreneurs, but would you find that a good thing, a good practice, like to, to share the lows, like, for, for, you know, albeit via Instagram stories or, or some, some place, just, just make sure that it's not just, you know, all roses and, and, and whatnot, but yeah, a bit, of, a bit of realness from time to time. Yeah, I think I would like probably appreciate the brand so much more. I think I saw, do you remember what brand it was? Um, it was like Grace Beverly from Tala. She was like mm-hmm. showing the kind of behind the scenes of, I think it was a supplier or something didn't work out. And I was like, it really shocked me because I was like, oh my God, we literally had the same thing, you know? And I was I really... like, it's so crazy. Yeah, because it was like, I don't remember what the situation was. It was a while ago. I sent it to, I think I sent it to Futa. But it's just mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like it's so much more authentic. I know that maybe at the same time, people might be like, oh, do I trust this? At the same? Mm. But it's not like you're selling the product. You're not, it's not like whatever mistake has been made, you're mm-hmm. like giving it out. It's like this mistake's been made, but we're addressing it because it happens. And I think mm-hmm. it's, the way you, it's the way you tell the story, basically. It's also you know, the messaging, um, yeah. which I think... Yeah, I think that authenticity really just then makes you feel more, I guess, mm. human or makes a brand feel more human. That's really That's interesting, like being Definitely. being vulnerable. Because I remember, because yeah. I was just thinking like with, so with my with the planner that we've got, right, I'm, I'm, I wrote down a little joke on there, right, which was like, if mm. you want to download our app, um, you know, scan this QR code. Uh, if, if you've been blessed to have an iPhone, then, then, then it's easier. But if, if you know, if you're if you're an Android, sorry, mate, you're gonna have to download a QR reader, something to that effect, right? Whereby mm-hmm. I just played on that Android versus iPhone thing, and 
just on that like so many people just messaged and was really quite harsh with us like how could mm. you how could you look down on android i was like mate i am <laughs> i use an android phone <laughs> um, but it's kind of like if if we because we we show ourselves as this perfect productivity and amazing brand mm. but if if perhaps we, we did what you what you guys are saying about like being a bit more vulnerable then perhaps it would be a bit kinder <laughs> to us potentially yeah, yeah mm. definitely i think like with with businesses and enterprises in in today's society like it's not like what it was like years ago where you didn't really know who the founders were and and all that mm-hmm. kind of yeah. stuff like it's with like the with social media you now kind of know people so much more um you know and who that who the types of people that run their businesses and stuff i think like that's something where we've certainly fallen into that trap um in the past and we're trying to like improve on it now but of just almost coming across perfect like as a brand mm-hmm. and like you know trying mm-hmm. to like you know not really showing who we are and all this kind of stuff and i think the pandemic last year kind of forced us to because like you know because we didn't really have any other choice um yeah. and and that was like a good thing i think mm-hmm. um but yeah mm-hmm. i think overall like people buy people to a large extent of course they, they buy the brand but like for example i wasn't a fan of tom's before i read that book i wasn't a fan mm. of patagonia until i read the book about the founder of patagonia like mm. I, I, I didn't really like nike as much as i do now until i read that book about the founder of nike so like yeah. i feel when you connect with the people who you know created these brands it's, it's almost like a different a different level i think it's why people love elon yeah. musk so much you know because he tweets mm. all the time and people feel like yeah. he knows him and he smokes weed on mm. joe rogan and like you know he's like he's like <laughs> yeah. weirdly relatable um you know he's yeah, not just he's not this perfect him. guy yeah comparing yeah. him to like mark zuckerberg right yeah exactly like, <laughs> it's just like exactly. you have no information on, on mark other than his like you know those memes of him being like a lizard and yeah. uh, you know, lu- lu- lubricating his his internal organs with with a drink and stuff like that whereas like with with udon like the media could say anything about him and you'd be like yeah. no i know you actually Elon. defend him exactly. I, I know him like he was exactly. he was smoking weed on joe rogan like, yeah. he's, he's, like he's not he's not what you're telling me yeah so, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And like, you know, yeah, like this true. is it. Like people, you know, his stocks, Tesla stocks like plummeted when he smoked weed on Joe Rogan. And yet, <laughs> like, people still, you know, love the brand. People love him even more for it, you know, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. else. Like, it's just so interesting how typically, like maybe years ago, that would have really damaged, you know, a business overall. But I feel like in a way, like it's actually made it stronger um because yeah. i mean we're having this conversation now right so free publicity mm. to to elon not that he needs it feel free to retweet amazing amazing yeah no that i i completely agree about what you were saying earlier about the like mental health aspect of working in startups i think like i'm exactly the same as you joey in that like i rely quite heavily on my on my co-founder luke like he's Mm. he's quite um I don't know it's hard to say i suppose i'm sort of more like the ideas and sort of like the creative sort of like oh we could do this we could do that we could do this but then like yeah. i'll then massively doubt myself and and everything else whereas he's quite like a logical thinker and he's very much mm. like you know i'm the same i'm like shall we post this you know and he's like, <laughs> he's like yeah looks good you know or 
like change this <laughs> or whatever but yeah so i i'm i'm very similar to you in that yeah it, it can be quite it can be definitely really challenging um working in a startup um but mm. yeah like yes yeah, it's yeah Joey. like how how is your like relationship then like you two like do, would you would you say that you're split similarly or like how how is your um how, how do you complement each other <laughs> i think it took us a while right definitely to kind of get to know each other better and like find out you know our strengths and weaknesses but um it's been like over a year now and i think we've kind of like adjusted we're still learning and we've just recently kind of established roles and responsibilities again um yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but um yeah i think um joey's a lot more on the creative side and like you know the growth of the business she's like she's she, she has all these great ideas um of like fun creative ways to kind of keep the business rolling um and like cool ways to give social impact as well whereas i'm i guess kind of like your co-founder byron um Mm. more i i i find comfort in kind of like i don't know numbers and excel Mm. docs and stuff even though i'm not great at it but um i mainly do the finances and the logistics side and um yeah, I think in that way, we're kind of like balanced. Like I, if yeah. I were to create a brand all by myself, I don't think I could do it. It would be completely different anyways. <laughs> so And um, I am yeah. so bad at numbers, like appalling. I'm not even joking. <laughs> it's like a joke, my maths or just my like, <laughs> numbers to me is like a completely different language. It's, it's awful. And sometimes <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not even gonna go into it, but don't ask me any math questions. <laughs> <laughs> which is why yeah, I think it's amazing yeah. at the finance side <laughs> I like turn a blind eye because I'm like oh god that gives me a headache I can't see there's too many numbers <laughs> interesting because both like there. myself and my, my co-founder we both like went to, so he went to um BWC like for, for a grad scheme and I went to Deloitte okay. both, like in, in audit but I just don't like yeah the numbers <laughs> game and he's he's yeah. always doing so and I, and I feel like we were trying to figure out how's our split and I think it's I'm more people driven Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll be really like flexible with like deadlines and I'll be like, oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. I'll be like, yeah, it's all cool. Let it slide. But him, he's <laughs> way more execution driven. And he's like, yeah. you know, this has to. And I feel like we play off each other. Sometimes we're a bit uh, at loggerhead. Sometimes my, my authoritative side comes out when I'm like, why are you being so harsh? <laughs> on this deadline? But then, but then, yeah, but then he kind of balances. I think we kind of balance each other that way. So like people versus execution driven as well. Um, mm. That's another yeah. interesting kind of dichotomy as well yeah I I think I'm like a bit of both I feel like sometimes I'm also very I'm very like deadline based as well I'm like we need to get this done like we need to do this right now (laughs) um but yeah I don't know yeah you're you're more you're more flexible with deadlines (laughs) he's nice nice. (laughs) and then I'm like the mean person No, sometimes I'm a bit too. She didn't even disagree. She's like, ha ha, ha yeah. She's I'm like, like, yeah. <laughs> what, what a lovely At way to disagree. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, I mean, it works, right? <laughs> like, like I, I said, like I'm a little bit too flexible sometimes, and you know, I, I guess nice way to put it is people driven and um I like mm. to kind of give people time to do their own things, and sometimes it's like you know when like lots of things pile up it's like it's hard to keep track so it's good to have 
Joey to always say, okay, we need to finish this by this deadline. So yeah, I think that it's really important to have a balance. Um, like I really respect founders who are doing it all alone. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure they must be struggling as well. But yeah, I'm really grateful to have a co-founder. I, I honestly, my my opinion is that like it's, it's it's very difficult. As in, it takes a certain type of person to be like a sole founder, like you know Jeff Bezos, or like mm. I don't think I I personally don't think many of such personality types exist. If I'm, I don't know what you what you guys think, but yeah, Byron, what, what do you reckon? Is it? Do, I don't know. I I, I I that's my personal opinion. I, I don't think you can be a sole founder until unless you're extremely like driven and like I don't know mm. that, that's my, my, my personal opinion I just think it's too yeah difficult potentially yeah it's, it's it, yeah it, it, I think um in order to make a business successful there's so many different elements right and so many different skill sets that you need and so almost unless you have like a massive budget where you can pay you know pay people with those expertise yeah. um like i think it's it's really really hard you know um like for example for for me to sort of pay for my co-founder's expertise i would never be able to do it you know just purely because mm. of how much he charges and things like that so for what he brings to the business is like you know it really benefits the business in a big way. And it's something that I can't do. So like, that's like a prime example of sort of where, you know, it's two skill sets and two different people kind of come together. I think, um, you know, it, it's really interesting actually, because you look at like Bill Gates, for example, like I'm pretty sure he was a sole founder, right? He didn't co-found that mm. with anyone. And, you know, okay. Like he, he coded. So he was like a software dev, but, like it makes you wonder like how did he do all of it you know like it's because mm. he i mean he is a bit of a nerd isn't he like let's be honest like he is bit, i mean bit. yeah when you see him he's like a bit of a you know so it's like how did he have those people skills how did he you know how did he do all of that it's pretty i mean respect to him you know because it's um yeah. not an easy task that's for sure i think someone like yeah, jeff bezos yeah go on go on uh, joey no, sorry. Oh, and I was gonna say, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, previously, actually, Thuta is probably the first person I've ever really like worked with. I had a few like ventures or like little things that I've done by myself. And I feel like I've always been just like my own, I guess, lead. I liked working on my own, but also having a team to kind of support. Yeah, but I very much like being like, the head of things, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. uh, from from a young age. So I think Thutu was the first time that I've ever had to like cooperate and be like, okay, <laughs> you know, having to like teamwork skills, I'm fine. But when it comes to like sharing leadership, that was something I did actually quite find quite tricky when we first mm. started later. I'm not going to lie, but um, mm. I think yeah, it was it was yeah, it was just like a lesson that I had to learn, and I actually ended up doing a leadership course because I was like, I feel like I'm being too bossy, well, <laughs> and I was like, how can that. I do this? The, <laughs> it was I don't know what it was I think it was I mean this goes back to way back when when I was younger um I spoke about this briefly but I was like called bossy when I was like in year three or four and I think that stuck with me because mm -hmm. I grew up thinking like oh my god I must be so bossy when I work but realistically I'm obviously I'm like I mean Theta you can say no <laughs> but I think like yeah I, I I'm very like get it done I'm very much like I've got ideas and I'm just like boom 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 kind of person mm -hmm. and I think um 
yeah, I just felt very insecure about being too bossy or like delegating too much and stuff. But I think that's not a bad quality to have. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm not like that in my normal life, but for work, I am if I'm passionate about it, if I know what I'm doing. So I think mm-hmm. um, I went to this leadership course because I was like, I want to be able to cooperate with my co-founder better because we're very different in terms of how we work or what we bring to the table. And I think that goes back to, I guess, our business culture at the beginning, it wasn't quite like, you know, set in stone, which I think is so Mm -hmm. important because Mm -hmm. once you have that business culture in place, then everything kind of aligns and you kind of work alongside it. But the leadership um, course was so interesting. It was basically teaching you how to work with people that are introverts, extroverts or whatever. It's just about learning to accept people's ways of working Mm -hmm. and being able to kind of adapt or give them time. If someone's slow at working, give them time. If someone's faster, then let them know or just like, learning how to cooperate with your different ways of working is like so crucial. So that really hit home because I was like, oh wow, we I can't keep expecting people to work the way I want them to. And I'm sure people can't expect me to like keep working the way they want me to. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of that expectation and just learning how to cooperate is like mm-hmm. so crucial. And I think after that leadership course, I feel like, I don't know was I better (laughs) (laughs) no definitely I mean even since the beginning just to kind of clear the air to I mean I know Joey always thinks that she's quite bossy even with like coursework projects and stuff um we always make jokes around that right but like to be honest it's just the fact that she's really passionate about things and Mm -hmm. you know the the way she expresses it is much bolder and louder than others maybe so it it just (laughs) comes across as like you know quite yeah like it's more yeah I don't know how you call it but I guess it's more um yeah bolder (laughs) than other people but I think you know at the end of the day in our Leho workplace anyways I feel like I kind of, we, we balance in a way that like, I'm a lot more quiet and I guess I'm the introvert <laughs> and Joey's like more like open-minded and like, you know, open to things. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she's full of ideas. And I guess when it comes to finding your co-founder, it's really important to have someone that is also kind of different from you. It, I think it's difficult. You think that, you know, you should find someone that's exactly the same as you but I think it's better if you find someone else that has you know strength where you you have a weakness in so I guess yeah I just wanted to say that you know ever since the beginning Joey always thought that she was quite loud and you know um like appear as bossy but actually it's a great quality to have um when you're especially starting your own business because you need to get stuff done and yeah. there there is no other way to do so like, so. yeah I think one, one advice that I got from um uh somebody from i think tech stars or something like we said like if you're if you're a founder you want to find a co-founder write down your strengths mm-hmm. and then be like what are those mirror like complementary things or things that are like the opposite of that like i'm good with numbers like i want somebody that's you know maybe more creative so that write down write down your ideal uh co- like the, the traits you're looking for in your co-founder and then go about networking and stuff rather than networking and be like yeah I gel with this person but then that you, you're going to attract somebody who's quite similar to you like you know like you don't want that you want to write down those traits and I think that's that's a really really good thing that you mentioned through so really like solid advice mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. We actually did that after the leadership thing. I remember sitting us both down, and being like, "Okay, this is what she told us to do," and it's to write down like what drives you or like mm-hmm. just understanding. Yeah. So if it's like people or making change or money, like everyone has different things that drives them in terms mm-hmm. of working. And I think once we kind of set that, we understood each other's like drivers. I Intentions. guess. Intentions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's so important, actually. I think I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day about how almost when you start a business with someone, it's it's quite you know, it's crucial to really understand, you know, what they want to get from it. And um, mm-hmm. and yeah, but yeah, it's so rare that people do that, I think. Um, like, for example, mm-hmm. me and yeah, my co-founders didn't have that conversation for, for a while, um, just kind of, yeah, jumped into it, really um so yeah it's yeah it's very interesting very very interesting maybe i should do that yeah another another thing that I saw, <laughs> another thing that i, was, I saw like this gr- graph right um it was a course on like udemy like one of those free ones right <laughs> about entrepreneurship but it was what I, what I found really interesting was like start like your your startup will will no longer be a there will come a point after like growth and maturity that your startup will no longer be a startup it will be like mm. a like a corporation um mm. and at that time maybe your personality type and what you're looking for going back to what uh, byron mentioned about what do you want out of your startup it may not <laughs> the startup may not offer that anymore so like yeah. it, may, it may be time for you to like make a make a quick exit and then maybe found, yeah yeah, <laughs> found yeah another, like found another startup basically or yeah, yeah. join another startup and stuff like that so not being so attached to your your startup like realizing that you, you know it, it's what you're getting out of it and then when when, when you feel that you've reached that peak or um then, then yeah just move on and maybe create another another start basically that's actually so true I, there was like um oh god my goldfish memory can never name names or tell you like what the organization was it's just i have a story so um there's this there are a couple of businesses actually that had founders that had grown the business from startup and then when the business was like scaling and it was big and it became like an actual big corporation, they had loads of people working, they stepped down because they were like, I built this mm-hmm. as like a startup and that was what I was good at. But now mm-hmm. when you have a huge organization, you're managing like mm. hundreds of employees, yeah. which you never trained to do before. So I think mm. running a startup and then being a manager of a, or a CEO of a big corporation is like completely different. Yeah, so definitely. I think, yeah, that makes so much sense. And I... Like our team is growing and I used to manage like teams before, but never on this level in terms of like really giving them roles and responsibilities and just trusting with them, like trusting them with the work and stuff. It's never been like that. Mm-hmm. So like till this day, I'm like, oh my God, it's so weird managing a team because it was just Thuta mm-hmm. and I for a whole year. But mm-hmm. I can't even imagine like having to manage another like hundred people. Um, yeah exactly like yeah yeah it's completely so, different isn't it it's um it's like ben francis and jimshark he stepped down from studio, yeah didn't he um, oh yeah i think that was him yeah maybe yeah, that was yeah like he, he just realized like he wasn't yeah like where the business was going he wasn't able to get it there yeah. but he was also a lot better at like the marketing side of the business so yeah he sort of stayed in that it's side about there. finding the right people yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 definitely i think yeah it's super important um i think that that's been a massive realization for me recently actually is like 
I don't know. It, uh, in in some respects, it's it really damages your ego. Obviously, like it's your ego that gets in the way, right? I like, yeah. but sometimes your ego is the thing that actually bottlenecks things. So, like being able to get mm. out of your own way is like one of the biggest and best things you can probably do. Um, mm. Of being, you know, aware enough when you're like, okay, I'm not, you know, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses. Let's double down on these areas. Um, and yeah, that's where like maybe co-founders come in. Yeah, a, a hugely mm-hmm. beneficial because they shining that yeah like it's kind of mm-hmm. like i i didn't realize i thought i was a really good communicator like just you know go, going into like a like a little social gathering i'll be like yeah just suave like just moving around like social chameleon but then my, my co-founder like shun shun like the light on me and be like mate you know this is not how you communicate as an ex- going back to what what you guys mentioned about the way that you split between yourselves mm-hmm. one thing that i tend to do so as i mentioned my co-founder is more execution driven and i'm like proper soft and when i see something like an injustice you know in, in my mind yeah like something that is a bit too uh driven like deadline driven and stuff i'll, I'll just blurt it out at him at that point and be like what the hell is this and and basically reciprocate what in my mind what i think is is his energy but what i learned is that maybe potentially Thuta is a similar um, personality type to me it's like if we were to mention that over time like just you know at, at the at the moment at the strike when the iron's hot right so basically rather than just keeping everything accumulated um and you know pent up emotions and stuff just at the moment you know when we need to make that decision we we, we just approach it then and then there and then rather rather than just like keeping that emotion and then suddenly just going all you know um all guns blazing and just like be like mate ripping into him so so i feel like i've learned so much just being in that position whereby you know in the co-founding relationship you learn about yourself just through your through the lens of your your co-founder and it's a very intimate relationship as well it's just yeah. like you you know you get to know each other's uh likes dislikes what do they like to do to chill out because that's so important like knowing mm-hmm. how this person wants to chill out it, it, this yeah. person wants to go in a cookery class or do, do they want to go out to like turkey or like i don't know like um you know i'd be for ayanapa like it's, you just realize like you need to know each other on that on that level for it to for it to work in my opinion yeah yeah that's so yeah. true that's so true yeah definitely it's, it's it's almost like a case of balancing each other isn't it and like being able to support mm. each other um yeah. yeah hugely important yeah that's awesome and so last question then so if um someone was to come up to you and be like hey guys so i've got this business idea i'm you know i've been thinking about it for a little while now i'm th- yeah i'm gonna chase my dream um why does he have that voice <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I'm joking. And, uh, <laughs> what, what, what advice would you give to these this, this person? You know, like if yeah, if they were like, I'm gonna, I'm going all in. You know, I want to start this. I want to start this business. I'm not giving a great example right now. I probably should have thought about this in a bit more detail. But, <laughs> um yeah no, what, advice, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to start their own business hmm. i would quickly mention go 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 no 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 you go you go all right my quick one my quick one is you, if you're in the uk like there's so many incredible programs right that, that can support mm-hmm. you so um do your research that that's, that's that's one thing first like do as much just desktop research as you can do um when you've got a kernel of an idea um i would say yeah get on a, like a like you know if you're at uni like you know make use of of, of your your resources right don't feel like 
you know, you may be incredible in what you're doing like at work or at uni or whatnot, but realize there's so much support available. So my first thought would be like, you know, try to find out what accelerators or pre-accelerators are around you um, and do what you can to uh, learn, like upskill yourself with things like uh, lean startup, for example, that, you know, just, just that, that one thing just changed me, <laughs> changed me so much. Like I thought I had so much naivety. I literally thought like, let me just, let me just like, no ego here. Like, like I, I thought that with this watch brand, all I needed to do was holler at like bare influencers, just give them like a free watch. And, and that's it. That's my entire business model. What happened was all these influencers, <laughs> including some that had like a million followers, one of them being Drake's ex-girlfriend, Malia, right? <laughs> a lot of these like influencers promoted the watch, but hardly any sales occurred, right? And that was mm-hmm. in- my entire um, assumption falling flat on its face. And had I, you know, worked with a framework like Lean Startup, I would have realized that's an assumption that requires testing. And I haven't even mm-hmm. tested it out. I've put all my money into these watches, but I haven't really tested anything out. So, so yeah, learning as much as you can, but then please, like, I would say, look, look if you're in the UK, like, or, you know, go and, and find that support. It could be like a pre-accelerator, it could be an online course, and it adds to your credibility um, and adds, adds to your CV as well. So that's my, my, my two cents. Mm. Mm. yeah and just adding on to that like testing your idea is so important you could think Mm -hmm. your idea is like amazing but Mm. I'm not saying it's not but you know with our gentlemental socks like I was so fixated on it because I'd started something before with girls and it worked really well Mm -hmm. but if we tried to replicate with that with guys it didn't really work so it's just about really testing whether like yeah validation is like huge um because you could think your idea is amazing and also not everything is appable that is like another thing that I learned not that I have an app but I'm just saying like I feel like a lot of brands and businesses Mm. and stuff are selling apps and it's like you know some of them are relevant and some of them aren't but not everything is appable if you're starting an app um (laughs) so yeah I would just I would just be um yeah I would just really test out your model and make sure there's validation make sure there's people who like yes I'm interested yes I would pay x amount or yes I would do this then you know it works because otherwise mm. you know you you're creating an idea that you think might work but actually mm-hmm. it's not and yeah. another thing is like shaming the nine to five i think we, we like our generation like i don't know um like gen z's uh, uh younger millennials um we tend to like shame like the nine to five grind it's it's, an, it's a privilege to be able to like being able to afford like you know pay your rent pay your going holiday and all of that mm-hmm. and i think um that like my my idea like what i was told about where i was at like the corporate like like deloitte was like oh mate you're just you're just uh you know this is modern day slavery right what you need to do to break out of that is to start your own enterprise and starting up your own enterprise isn't for 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 everyone like you know it's good to maybe do a test and um, the, the MBTI, which is the, the the sixteen personalities, or fourteen personalities, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, try to understand yourself, know thyself, see see like, can you if you can't make it, and this is this is really harsh, but I've actually given this advice. I said, mate, if you can't smash your A levels, if you don't have the focus required to smash, maybe like you know economics A level, like A two whatnot, do you have the focus to, you know, keep testing your idea out? right and you know not being paid at all um mm-hmm. you're getting you're getting so many no's all the time and and you're having to pivot do you have the focus required to to to, to do like you know to do mm-hmm. entrepreneurship to, to you know take an idea from a concept to a product or service like that takes hella 
focus as i'm sure you you guys will be able to to to, to, to attest to um yeah. so yeah that's that's my <laughs> that's my yeah. other bit it's yeah. like know yourself as well it's not for everyone yeah that's yeah. really interesting do you think do you think a big part of it then comes down to like the why and the passion behind it because i know for sure that i would never do economics a levels like which is you know what i mean yeah. i like i'd do like one lesson and then be like i'm out um whereas like you know starting this brand i'm like yeah you know oh, like do you know point. what i mean yeah. And I think yeah, um, that's a very good point. But yeah. I know what you mean in that. Obviously, you need focus. Mm. You know, you need focus. You need direction. But I think a huge part of it comes down to, and I think almost, point, and yeah. I, I love what you were saying in that. It, almost, mm. you shouldn't start something for the sake of starting something. You should start something yeah. because you love it. And I think it goes back to what Joey yeah. was saying earlier about how. Um, especially with these types of enterprises with like social enterprises where you tie your identity like part of your identity is part of that brand mm. and you know it, you know you love it so you're very passionate and um you know yeah very passionate about it um and i think that's almost like quite a big thing um but yeah i know what you mean in that mm. you know in a typical business sense if you're in it just to make the money or whatever I feel in a way the why still needs to be big enough. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a shiny. Yeah. For me, it was like shiny object syndrome. Right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. But I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that strong why when I started off with my first brand. And I think yeah, that yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. And I think um, so I don't want to mention too much, but there was one 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 time where you know we, we had this like so on the incubator I was managing some of the social you know one of the social entrepreneurs she was just distraught like oh my god like you know why am why am I even in this like entrepreneurship thing at all like I, I'm you know she, she put her heart and soul it's like an, the idea was like an extension of herself literally mm -hmm. and she felt like she's just you know she's just a complete failure and the rest of the cohort got together we had a, like a google meets together and she was she was literally crying in tears um and we, and you know one of the other um co you know founders was like listen all that's happened is you've run a test you had assumptions and it didn't go according to your assumption mm -hmm. that's all that's happened mm -hmm. and it's just like wait yeah. wait a second that's so true like i, I can mm -hmm. do another test and yeah and, yeah yeah that's just a, that's a yeah. way yeah. to yeah, yeah that's definitely. a great way to speak I I think I wanted to add to that as well um, before that, you know, I think it's important to remain flex flexible when you're starting off. Like you, you, you think you have this amazing idea and you probably do, you may do, or you may not. So I think it's important, you know, kind of echoing what everyone said before to speak to as many people as possible. And you may not like, what everyone says, you know, um, about your business idea, it might be all negative feedback or positive or 50-50. And I think it's important to kind of take constructive criticism and kind of turn that into something that works um, instead of just kind of beating yourself up and saying, oh, like my, my idea is bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, yeah, and I also wanted to add that, you know, I know statistics say that lots of startups fail and stuff, but that's uh, we, we've learned to realize that that's because of many structural problems, like maybe, you know, finances mm -hmm. and things like that. So it's quite important, even though it's the boring stuff, to um, make sure that you have like a plan as well for the future. We didn't really have that beginning in the early days. Anyways, we we kind of just, yeah, started our business and kind of 
took it day by day but then now we've learned to realize that you know as we're growing we do need to have a structure and a strategy moving forward Mm. yeah i agree i agree i'm i'm actually we're doing something similar at the moment like we're pivoting in a slightly different direction at the moment um just from actually what happened last year and everything sort of Mm -hmm. off the back of that so yeah i think in a way like yeah it's, it's super important to like be reading you know almost not turning a blind eye to everything and yeah um but amazing i just wanted to mention so what through to what you mentioned right um my, my co-founder literally just sent this to me i don't know if you guys can see this is a little diagram about what to look at what to look for in your in your startup as you develop it so in the immediate like year or so can you see that yeah yeah yeah, it looks like a cell like membrane. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a biology a, kind a of level, yeah. A level but yeah, like this over here is like what people, you know, looking at culture and looking at, you know, what people uh, think of straight away, straight away when you're developing your your startup. But then this is mm. like going from like idea to like stewardship, like how, you know, systems thinking and systems change, like how like like if if grey matter was to like be the, the the go-to brand um like what what what's the world that you want to live in right mm-hmm. so th- yeah. this was maybe i'll share this with you guys but i just made shifted my perspective on like what is it that we want to see yeah yeah like thinking as you grow like you know we're also like growing we're like you know looking to bring on people from like australia different you know a bit of a remote first culture that we've got going what is the long-term picture isn't it like rather than just yeah. you know, talking about swag packs and um and culture decks or whatnot but yeah it's, it's a really interesting mm. thought that you mentioned through mm. mm. yeah it's really interesting awesome right i feel like that's a a good place to end so thank you so much yeah. thank you for coming on thanks for having us yeah what a chat over part two for doing this <laughs> yes, mohammed it's your time for a part three exactly i've yeah. got to start my podcast first yeah. <laughs> Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. And for more content, check out our Instagram. I'll see you on the next one.